3: This is Abby Newton, and you are listening to Exposure, but tonight we change Exposure into Sexposure, exposure we pair with Olin Health Center to talk about all things sex. With us today, we have a panel of um, very interesting people. So first off, we have Kevin Bator, who is in, with the Olin Health Center, and then we have Josh, who is the director of the In Your Face Theater troupe. We have Dr. Tina Tim, who is a sex therapist, and then we have Dr. D, Dr. Dennis, who is also with Olin Health Center, and he is a professor here at MSU. So first off, uh, Dr. D is going to talk about what the In Your Face Theater Troupe is all about.
4: That the way to educate was through entertainment and through... You ever see the movie All That Jazz with Roy Scheider when he says, he steps in front of the mirror and he says, it's showtime? That's how I've always talked. I've always believed that teaching is about 80% communication, 20% message. So I was brought over from the academic side to actually start a theater troupe, an In Your Face Reality Troupe. And we hired... We had about uh, 16 people in the first troop, and we had a, a very simple charge, which was to talk about sexuality in a positive light, get away from the negative stuff, get away from the STIs, get away from all that stuff, just talk about sexuality in a, in a very positive manner. And so the troops been around since 1993, and back in... 19- in 1994, we went down to Chicago and saw a troupe called uh, Don't Throw the Baby Out with the Bathwater, and that's where we got the idea. That's the troupe's name. It was kind of a predecessor to the... Racy. Uh, it was good. It's a little racy. It was racy. Don't Throw the Baby Out with the Bathwater. The well, they did very quick uh, skits, and uh, uh, you know, some of their skits would be 10 seconds long. Some of them would be three minutes long, but they'd go bam, bam from skit to skit. And I was never a believer in doing any type of processing after a skit. Like, you would just do the skit, and I was a big believer that people needed to resonate. They needed to to see the skit and then think about themselves instead of somebody stopping the skit and going, okay, what did you think about that? Did Bob do the right thing, or didn't Billy do the right thing? I was never a believer in that. I believed in just doing one skit to the next and let the rollercoaster of emotions happen. But back in those days, I used to go with the troupe to every performance because sometimes we'd talk about some really some skits that really touch on some nerves. We you know we did sexual assault, we did masturbation, we did gay lesbian, we did everything back then and and they would invoke a lot of uh, feelings, and we'd always have a health educator there to process, and sometimes we'd even bring a counselor with us because it'd bring up some really tough things and we had a lot of pushback back then. Because we were called the In Your Face Reality Troupe back then, and uh, we pushed pretty hard the envelope. And uh, and then in, I think it was 95, we went down to Ohio State University and, and demonstrated this for a national audience for HIV prevention. Took the troupe down there, and then uh, in 96, we hosted the conference here How to Start an Edutainment Theater Troupe. Uh, for HIV prevention and for doing positive sexuality, so there's a real history at MSU. So, you guys are in a you're a part of it. You're part but of it, part. and I'm a big believer. Some of the longitudinal uh, surveying on whether we actually get real positive behavior change and intention to change, this program has always rated high, very high, because it's you know people sit back and they watch it, and there's nothing like it. And I was I I, I kind of want to ask Dr. Tim, you know, about some of the uh, things that you've been involved with is do you see that this type of edutainment is a worthwhile endeavor for students
0: absolutely i think it gets that really important contact and a content in a way that's very accessible and um, not boring and it doesn't take a long time and it really uh, it's done by peers mm-hmm. and so i think it's much more effective than you know people like me getting up and lecturing about it <laughs>
4: <laughs> well you're you're a good lecturer, too I mean come on, your yeah, students you say good but things But still,
0: about not it. quite as entertaining as no. as a skit that's put together well and and well written and well performed
4: yeah. and you well, uh, know I say disengaged is because in the past, we used to spend hours with the troop teaching them about you know different sexual health things and like that, but then we got to a point where it was like. What we really want from you folks is uh, the art of entertaining. And we would like you to have some of the knowledge about sexuality, but really the art of entertaining. And uh, I think most troopers have thought that the troop has been a worthwhile endeavor. And so uh, we appreciate that.
3: We have the whole troupe here, too, in the studio. Yeah, the whole troupe. T- all of them. Nothing but the yeah. troop. <laughs> It's great. Um, also today, our topic is communication. So it's communication about what you want in your relationship, what you want in the bedroom. Wait menu. a minute.
4: I thought that the topic was <laughs> masturbation. You
5: uh, always change it to <laughs> masturbation. No, it's communication. Do. Oh, do that. No, okay. it's, that's kind of the general theme of the troupe. And everything that we do in each skit, it's all about communication, whether it would be uh, regards to um, sexual assault or masturbation, um, it's all about communicating, and that's kind of the the overall theme of the theater troupe was that you know talk about it. As mm-hmm. Dr. D always says, you know instead of you know keeping it in the dark, we gotta bring it out of the dark and kind of put it in their face, not to be a pun on your own name (laughs) of the troop. But I always thought that was just the general theme and and, and talking and making sure that you find the right time to talk about it, um, the right places, and and putting yourself in a comfortable environment. When we are the show, it's nice to kind of put it out there. The audience uh, interaction with the audience is one of the best parts. How they react to certain skits is hilarious because they might be laughing because this is the first time it's ever been put in their face, and the first time it's in front of them rather than in a movie that they've seen or something and this is the healthy or we say the quote-unquote healthy way of of talking about Well,
4: you know, and Dr. Tim and I have had these conversations before. Sometimes it's, uh, and I call it the implicit system. Sometimes if you put it out there, right in their face, they have permission to at least experience it, mm-hmm. whether it's a topic about sexual assault, whether it's about HIV, whether it's about, uh, you know, masturbation, whether it's about anything. You give them permission and, you, you, you know, in the beginning you used to see the nervous laughter <laughs> and you used to see people looking at each other like, you still Are see you enjoying it. this? You still I'm, see in, it. I'm enjoying this. Is it all right to enjoy this? My God, they said masturbate. <gasps> They're touching themselves. Oh my god, he's putting a condom on with his mouth. <laughs> oh. Is this is this all right? And they'd look at each other and then, you they know, give they'd each other see permission. I guess it is all right. And so, you know, I'll even ask a question if I have to. But uh so yeah. that's part of that. Giving permission and then limited information. You give information and then you at times, he even give specific suggestions. Since the general that <clears throat> putting a condom on with your mouth got us in trouble a few times. <laughs> but we're yeah. still doing it. I but know. But we're still doing it. You weren't it. supposed to say that.
5: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but uh, since the general theme of the whole troupe was communication, shall we, shall we listen to our first skit? Yeah. Josh, the director, what is our first skit? Um, our
1: first skit is communication. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's all about communication in the bedroom, whether it comes to wanting to have sex, having sex, or not having sex that night.
3: And before you start, um, audience, feel free to call in and give us your response, or even tell us a funny story at 517-432-3893. Go ahead.
1: We take you to a night where a couple has ended up back at his place to supposedly watch a movie and relax. The problem is, the guy has a different idea than her of what relaxing means. Bad idea. Assuming your partner wants what you want. So, you want to have sex?
6: Well... Uh, How
7: about we have sex over here? I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right.
6: Over here is better. It's uh more comfortable.
7: Well, it's, it's not bad.
6: You know what? I know exactly what you're gonna say and you're right. I'm jumping ahead of myself again. Perhaps we should uh stick to what's best. The Velcro <laughs> wall!
1: Most of the time, the problem is a lack of communication between partners. And it's not always easy figuring out how to bridge the gap. So we've put together some guidelines on how to help approach these situations. Good idea. Making sure you discuss what you both want.
8: Uh, I'm really having a good time. But before we go any further, maybe we should figure out how far we want to go. Y- you know, sexually.
9: Well, I'd like to have sex.
8: Um, that's... Pretty broad? Well, what kind? I mean, there's lots of different Oral. Sounds good to me.
1: Bad idea. Showing your partner home videos of your sexual past.
9: Let's
3: see. There was Brian, Todd, John. Oh, Brian again. And here's another one. That man was a freak and he could do amazing things with his, like... What
6: is that?
1: Dear God! Good idea. Talking to your partner about your sexual past.
8: So, um, have you had sex with anyone else?
9: Well, I've had four other partners, and I've used condoms with all of but one of them, and I had an STI test about five months ago. What about you?
8: Well, I've only been with two other people, and I've always used a condom.
1: Obviously, sex can put us in some extremely high-tension situations, and it's hard to know what to do. Unfortunately, there is no simple solution, and we don't have all the answers either. Do what you know is best for you. Good idea. Acknowledging your sexual desires exist even if you decide not to have sexual intercourse.
8: So, uh, what what do you want to do tonight?
9: Well, I have some strawberries, chocolate syrup, whipped cream, but no ice cream.
8: Oh, that's dumb. What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Uh, We could do that.
3: Okay, well, thank you very much. (laughs) So what do you guys think? What's your response,
5: Kevin? Communication. Uh, the best thing is, like, like Josh says. Um, you know, not everyone's gonna have that talk that everyone likes. Where it comes to, oh yeah, we both wanna have sex. Some people, that talk might end in I'm not ready to have sex. And the the important thing is is getting those words out. And as awkward as it can be. Um, getting him out would make the situation in the long run less awkward,
8: I guess you could say.
4: Let, let, me, okay. a, let me ask the participants in this <laughs> skit. What do you
8: think the message is? The more you know about your partner, the more you can explore without making the other feel uncomfortable. Okay. Boom. I
2: think it's also like definitely sex is very intimate, and I think at least knowing
3: what your partner is comfortable with and what you are comfortable with doing between each other is definitely that next time. Why urgency.
4: would that matter? <laughs> Why would you want to know what your partner wants or desires? Isn't it supposed to be just kind of happenstance?
9: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like you want to make it good for them, too? I yeah. It's nice yeah. to make somebody feel So that. you actually
4: want to know what your partner wants or yeah. likes? Like, yeah.
9: How does that
3: conversation It takes the
4: mystery out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I have no fun in that. It? Well, it's
5: evolving, Dennis. It could change to two years down the road, two weeks down the road. They hear something on the radio. Two hey. hours down the road. Yeah, lane. exactly, Dr. <laughs> Tim. It's just so interesting how evolving it all can be. So what you tell somebody in the beginning only sets the precedent that, you know, we can talk about anything
4: down the do road. You, do, do, do any of you think that the, your audience gets that message? If yeah. they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we'll let them answer. Sorry, Sorry. Do, you, do you think they get that message? Does yeah. this resonate with you? Does it resonate with the people that you go with, hang with, social media with? <laughs> Facebook with? I
2: would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. I got something
9: out of it. I, yeah. I do know what's
7: dead. Yeah, oh, I, think I think that think so. it takes yeah. it to like kind of an extreme just to be kind of comical and get people's attention um because like it is a bit more forward that then perhaps people speak in real life but it gets the point across that mm-hmm. it's okay to be forward okay. um and it's okay to just say what you're thinking and not hold back on all those things that we think are so awkward and unacceptable when really they're just things that you're thinking and that you should probably express
4: so you are giving permission yeah okay
7: good do you think a
3: lot of people have this
7: conversation? Um, I think probably not as many as as there should be. Um, it's something that just is made out to be such an awkward conversation, and I hope that it's more than. Um, it seems that there is um i hope that there are more relationships out there that are comfortable enough with each other
4: well let's put the question out to our listening audience at four three two three eight nine three we will give you a year's supply of condoms or whatever devices you need for your your uh uh exploitation well, i shouldn't say exploitation, exploitation. <laughs> uh, exploration if, if you do you have these conversations and what do you think about these conversations if you call in? But Dr. Tim, I'd like to ask you, what, what do you think at the crux of communication, what is it about? What, what should couples do to communicate about sex or sexuality?
0: Well, I think it, it's always shocking to me how difficult it really is. Um, and that when I see couples in therapy and of course that's a specific subset of people who are really struggling so perhaps you know more so than the average couple but you know I talk about sex all the time and that's what I'm trained in and they come in and they're like uh, 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 you know can't talk about even the most simplest things like what they like what they would want to do and so it, I always have to remind myself that people really aren't given these given these skills and I wanted to go back and say how wonderful it is that the troop works to increase communication among the the college population, but if we've got any parents out there listening, (laughs) I'm gonna make a plug for how good training and communication about sexuality starts much younger. And the more you teach about good communication about these topics when kids are growing up and have it be a part of the natural landscape and look for teachable moments and have it not be a big, big deal, the more prepared they'll be down the road to not be so scared.
4: You know, you just scared the crap out of most of the parents. That are listening. <laughs> I'm wondering you're if right. the parents knew that this troop yeah, yeah. existed in the first
5: place.
2: Well, you know,
4: but you no, know, you bring up a good point, Two good points, really. And we did this in HIV counseling. We we're always taught when we we're doing HIV counseling, just because you're comfortable talking about sex, right. doesn't mean the person sitting across from you that you're counseling is going to be as comfortable. And I think I think you guys are probably well, probably is more comfortable talking about sex because you're in the troop. But you know, with a partner, it may be a little different. You, know, you you try this type of skit with a partner, and they go, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> oh, they've had
5: situations where they've been in the public rehearsing, and people walking by are like, "Wait, are they having that
1: conversation?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
9: so tell us about that
3: reaction. <laughs>
1: well, uh, go ahead. Oh, there's been a few. There's been a few really? people who would stop by and were like totally freaked out and would have a conversation. There's people who walk very quickly by us. Um, <laughs> Um, right. and we had an instance where the police came in because they thought we were doing the dating violence skit, and actually thought that there was violence happening. Oh.
5: <laughs> Which is <was> fun. <laughs> it put you in your place a little bit. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> the, the death, right. That's happened. So, yes, it is
5: quite in your face. Yeah. Yes.
0: But the flip side on. around that is that, y- that you model comfort for other people, and... And ideally, that helps them to see that it doesn't have to be quite as difficult as, um, as they thought. Yeah,
4: I really don't think, and I've said this for 20 years now to every troupe at the end of, of uh, the year, except for the last couple of years, been too busy, is that I don't really think you know the impact you have on your audience. I really don't think. Sometimes you come, guys come there and you think, this is great, you know, I get to act, I do the stuff I do, and you don't really watch the audience as much as, as I used to, or listen to the audience afterwards, or talk to the audience three or s- six months down the road and say, you know, what they did was really impactful for me. Permission-wise, they gave me some information, they gave me some suggestions, and that, you know, I think sometimes you just don't realize the impact you really do have with this type of content and this information in an entertaining format yeah, sometimes it is comical. Sometimes it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it hits right here. I mean, the number of people in the audience who have suffered and been victims of abuse or sexual assault or uh, living in environments that have not said that sexuality is good Mm-hmm. Uh, really, and you always, we always
5: preface it uh, before each show that you know it might not be for you, but it's good information for siblings, friends. You take the information with you, and and I, I think it does hit home for a lot of people, even even the non-controversial ones, where where they've never talked about that before. That whole putting on a condom with the mouth before. Well, so <laughs> we're,
4: we're not going to do that. But
5: uh, well, you want to do a demonstration I'll yet? do a demonstration tonight. Like no, 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 no. Um,
3: Doctor Tim, now you work a lot with married couples. How do you convince them, or how do you kind of build the communication aspect once they've been married for a while and haven't developed that yet? Well, what there do you is tell no them?
4: communication <laughs> after you're married. It all goes downhill. It's so a free for all? Yeah, It just goes down.
0: Uh, let me just let me just clarify that I, I work with lots of different types of relationships, and they don't have to be married. And mm-hmm. and some uh, people, the ones I love the most are the ones that are even new in their relationship, and they come in early and say something's not right, and you know we want to make sure we get off to a good start. So, um, just to be clear about that, but it, um, it you know it isn't a. Hill struggle to, to open up that space and to give that permission and, and tell them that. Um, and I think, again, the the populations that I see, there's so much pain behind not talking about it. And the longer the time goes and the more they fight about it in negative ways, the harder it is to take a step back and, and have a, a calmer, more neutral conversation and, and go back to the beginning because it's fraught with all these emotional landmines that they've learned to avoid. So we have to. You know, really go back and say, we can do this differently and it can be safe. And that's what's nice about therapy is I get to be a coach to help them to do that in new ways.
4: Okay. Well, if you have any thoughts out there in the listening audience that you'd like to share with us, we're still, Kevin's just dying to give away that year supply <laughs> of Condoms, and We we'll have too many. We we'll even put the Sexual Advocate 101 book in there. Heck yeah. It's, it's got, got pictures, some fun drawings in it. got pictures can look in at there. It. Yeah, it does. Okay. But you I, guess want,
5: I, I don't want to pose a, a question to all of them. Do you guys think it's easier to talk about sex in certain situations with your friends rather than a, a personal partner? Yes? No? Yeah. I just know I hear uh, certain things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yes. why, like, I guess I'm going to pose that. If you want to call in callers, why do you think it's easier talking to your friends rather than your partner? Is there... A reason that it's so intimate with your partner that you can't tap into that. Um, so, yeah, if you want to join the conversation, what's the number?
3: Um, it is 517-432-3893 at a year supply of condoms.
9: Yeah. And why just you guys, for calling. Why do
5: you guys think it's so easy, so much easier to talk to your friends about it? Because it's joking with your friends because they're not going to judge yeah, you. it's yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely joking. It's like
9: it's not serious, but at the same time it is.
5: Because, yeah, you're just kind of putting it out there, maybe getting to see if you can get feedback, whether or not it's good, bad, funny. But, um, yeah, so that's my question to people. I always just find it so funny when I hear my friends talking about it. And then I'm like, well, have you talked to them about it? They're like, no, how am I going to do that? Like, how do you bring that up? And that's, I guess, the whole point of you guys. Is well, you know, when you just, uh, when you just
4: asked that. that question, I was watching these guys, and almost every one of you looked at the person next to you <laughs> to see if you could answer it. Like, is it all right to say it's better to do with my friends and not, Why Why do we... Why do we do that? I mean, you guys should be the least worried about your answer. Hey, I mean, I've you're,
2: never you're... been on the radio before. Oh, have been on the radio before.
4: Well, let me tell you. What do you think, Gabby? Well, <laughs> oh, you weren't listening, were you? Yeah, you got thumbs See, up I, back there. I, I definitely
5: have seen you guys. Some of you guys open up a little bit more since you guys have joined the troop. Oh, Do you think definitely. the troop has been a big yeah. reason yeah. why yeah. you can Very talk about much these much things? Because
1: so. you, really yeah. yeah. you guys have
5: gotten permission to talk about it, and and maybe in your own personal eyes before it was just kind of like too taboo. Do we talk about it? I know I will bring this up every show, but I came from a Catholic uh, grade school into a regular high school, and I know my high school kind of <laughs> opened up my viewpoints and <laughs> talking about it, and realized that people oh. They're talking about this, and and it's okay sometimes, but we got a caller. We her. have a
3: caller. Let's Great. see what they have to say. Sweet. Hello? Is anyone there? Okay, one second. They're getting in the process. They're
5: probably figuring out what they're going to say. Yes, I'm nervous. <laughs> this is exciting, though. They get 100 we're free condoms for great. just for calling in. 100 free condoms.
3: Oh, man.
4: Complimentary condoms,
3: right? Complimentary.
5: <laughs> oh, I apologize. My apologies.
3: In the yes, book. Don't forget about the oh, book. The, yeah.
4: the oh, we'll etiquette. throw in a sexual etiquette 101, and then we're going to have... Uh, we'll throw in Abby's favorite... Uh, Flavor loop. Loop. I'll let you know later. she likes. She said pina colada. So... The, do you guys think that what you've been involved with with the troupe has uh, enhanced your own personal life as far as talking to folks?
8: Most don't look at her. No, don't don't answer Don't
4: you guys look at each other.
2: Oh, now me, it's weird yeah. to talk I to who like,
7: With my
3: roommates I always try to be like very open with it. The first time I came in was like, Hey, I wanna let you know this is okay to talk about. I actually like brought a bunch of condoms, I'm like This is where they are.
4: (laughs) Do they come to you for questions now?
3: Oh, I've had people ask me about that. (laughs) That's awesome. So we have a caller? We have a lot of callers coming in. All right, our first caller. Hello? Hello? Maybe. Okay, we're having a little technical difficulty, but we will figure it out.
4: (laughs) Well, so so it has, you have become the sexpert. In your little social circle, where they come oh, yeah. to you for condoms yeah. and questions—that's a coin term, trademarked. <laughs> well, no, that's that's why I never go it's out anymore. Because <laughs> wherever I go, people say, "I have a question about sex for you." And it's like, no, I really want to stay away from that. I just kind of don't want to answer any questions. But so, how is your reaction? How has your experience been with the troop? How do you feel about it being with the troop? Yeah,
9: I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Why
4: do you like it a lot? Oh
9: well, you you have. Uh, get more comfortable with yourself, uh, and you make a lot of new friends, and it gives you something fun to do, and you make people laugh, and it's
4: a good time. to try again, Abby? Yes. <coughs> Let's do it. All
3: right. Hello? Hello. We have a caller. What's Welcome. your name? Hi there, I'm Steve. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining us tonight. No now, problem. Now, what did you have to add?
6: Oh, I was just going to comment about why most people find it easier to speak with their friends than with their significant others. And i found that when you're speaking with your friends, there's not that air of serious, you can kind of joke or if you say something that's, I guess, taboo. There's not that sense of judgment that would come from a significant other. And if you if you follow it up, you're not going to, you know, your friends aren't going to berate you or anything, or your significant other may, uh, you may have to deal with some consequences.
3: Okay. Makes a lot of sense.
4: How would you guys react to what he said?
6: I think he's absolutely right. yeah, I think he's right. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of
5: it maybe like the fear of rejection is not mm-hmm. there with your friends as much as it might be there with someone that you feel so close with. And you almost feel like you can tell them anything anything to them but at the same time it's like well what if that's the
4: one big turnoff for them or what if that's the one thing that's gonna send them running Mm -hmm. you know back in the back in the early 90s when we were trained to be HIV counselors we had to go through this type of test where we had to put down on a map we do a big map about who would you tell different things to you know like friends acquaintance stuff like that and we found out that most people would talk to friends about really personal things that they wouldn't talk to intimates about or their partners about because it was safer Mm-hmm. It's safer to, to tell a friend, you know, even your weight than it would be to a partner because you'd be judged by the partner, but your friends just kind of accept you, you know, for what mm-hmm. it is. So,
3: What do you think, Steve?
6: I think that's absolutely correct. Um, I You know, I've found, at least in my relationship, that we communicate fairly well, but there are still certain things I'd prefer to talk to my friends about. Mm-hmm.
9: Are
5: you going to tell your friends you want 100 free condoms or <laughs> complimentary condoms?
6: <laughs> uh Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the reason I called, but sure,
3: I can
4: always do it. But thanks, thanks for calling no, in. Thanks so much.
3: Thanks, Steve. No problem. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank okay. you.
4: You want to take another one, Abby?
3: Uh, we are clear right now. Okay. Yes. But if what you mean? want
4: to join the conversation,
5: mm-hmm.
3: you can call 517-432-3893.
4: So, Josh, what in-your-face skit are we going to do next? Let's move on to condom man.
5: Yeah, let's move on to condom man. <laughs> Since we're speaking talking
4: about of,
1: yeah, hundred
5: condoms.
1: Uh, so condom man is our skit about couples who don't necessarily know how to put on a condom before going into sex and making sure that you're prepared.
5: Perfect.
1: So, without further ado.
8: So, um, on my way home, I stopped by the bookstore.
2: Oh, I didn't know
8: you knew how to read. Ha uh-huh. ha. It is a picture book. I mean... It has words, but that's not what I'm interested in. It's called uh, the Kame uh, Sutra. Oh!
2: Um, so what about this one? Really? Yeah, I think it's cute.
8: Yeah, nothing says cute like the teddy bear's picnic.
2: Well, okay, maybe teddy bears aren't the way to go, but exactly how many teddy bears have been to your picnic?
8: Huh?
2: I just think that we should talk about our past before we go any further,
8: oh, yeah, okay,
2: so how many people have you had sex with?
8: well, two, but it, it was a while ago, and I've been tested since then. How about you?
2: I mean, I fooled around a bit, but you would be my first. I really care about you
8: oh well, I really care about you too, but If we're going to do this, which I really hope we are, I should probably put on that condom. But I think it would be much sexier if you were to put it on for me.
2: Or you can put it on yourself.
8: Oh, no, baby. I think you should put it on.
2: No, you go right ahead.
8: Don't you know how to put on a condom?
2: Well, no. Do you?
8: (laughs) No. No. What do we do now?
6: This sounds like a job for condom man! Protector of penises, suppressor of sperm locomotion, and promoter of the prophylactic. Yes, I'm condom man, and I'm here to help you by showing you a couple steps to put on a condom. Step one, check the expiration date on the condom to make sure it's not expired. Step two, open the condom, being careful not to tear it. Step three, pinch the reservoir and and place the tip atop the eagerly awaiting phallus. Step four, unroll the condom down the length of the phallus, making sure we get out all the air bubbles.
2: Thanks, condom man.
6: man. You're welcome. And remember, a condom covered phallus is a happy phallus. Bravo! That
4: was you awesome. had you had to see the nonverbal <laughs> expressions yes. and the rolling down. Ah, okay.
5: There's a reason why this troop goes into the dorms and has the actual
4: visuals as well as the uh, yeah radio the doesn't do it justice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it might be safer that way. for oh, so think. so
4: so the ones who didn't participate in skit. What's the message there? Is it a simple message about how to put a condom on? Is it what? What is it?
2: I mean, this one's also about communication, yeah. about talking about yeah. your past ex- past sexual history with your partner, and and about using a condom. Uh, you have to mm. should all should always be safe and use a condom, and you shop around for different different types if, if one doesn't. Fit well oh come on! Don't do, like you don't
4: think on? that all men know how to use a condom?
2: <laughs>
4: of course they don't. No. Heck, Why do
2: you think we do skits like this? We have to tell them. God.
8: But they know how to put one on, don't they? No. Well, a lot of people misconstrued it as like a common knowledge thing, but everyone knows what a condom looks like. That doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to fiddle around with one first before you can like figure out how it's gonna, you know, unroll. How it's gonna. Fiddle lie. around with a condom.
1: <laughs> and hey, even in extreme cases, we had a girl when we were passing out free condoms who thought they were candy <laughs> and we we had to like walk her through and be like, no, nope, this a condom is used during sex and we'd walk her through that and um, we we've had people in the troop before too who have never put on a condom before had never seen one. They knew what it was and just like knowing that you have to put it on a certain way so that on the rolls down right I and mean, as simple as that sounds it can create a really awkward situation when the time comes.
4: Dr. Tim, what do you think?
0: Uh, I think that um, people are more intimidated by it than than you would think and it can feel like a very daunting um, endeavor and I like the skit because it kind of kicks it back and forth like no you do it no you do it and you know both of those are both of the people are anxious about doing it and so they're trying to get someone else to to take the lead with that but yeah I I, oh my gosh there's lots of things that people can do wrong in trying to put on a condom and the anxiety alone isn't good And I
5: think there's a general theme too. I mean, this is specific to condom usage and their first time using it, but down the road, people might want to try different positions, and there's a there's a certain conversation that needs to be had before you go into it without maybe scaring
4: somebody. Oh, like, you had to get in different positions. I'm right? just saying that right. that's an <laughs> halfway example halfway through the America, show, yeah, you had and, to get in different positions. And
5: I think another general <laughs> theme is they kind of tapped into it a little bit with this one. But she was like, "I've I've you know talking about s- past sexual partners. She's like, I fooled around a bit and." in conversation while that's good that they're talking about it that is a vague term in itself and and kind of talking more Well, what do you mean by
4: fooling for, around? for some reason I don't think that the participants in in that skit had any trouble with the content but the rest of you when you when you're doing skits do you have any trouble with the content did your own I would say you don't have to get personally but your own cultural values religious values or upbringing give you any pause when you said I'm gonna say that, or I'm gonna talk about that.
10: Well, I can say, um, from my experience, I was the girl in high school that people stopped talking when I walked in the room because I was too innocent to um, have that conversation with. So I just kinda of joined the troupe because I was looking for a drama club, and then I, I ended up with this, and it was quite a new experience for me because I'd never seen a condom before, and then um, within, Maybe a month I
5: had to put one on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really opened your eyes.
4: That, that sounds like a book.
10: <laughs> right?
6: <laughs> Within a month, oh,
4: I was putting a condom on my arm. <laughs> I was, I looked, and thank you. Done you. That's, so a great, that's a great uh, 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 sight. Mm-hmm. For the rest of you, any, any content that you thought was like, "Who, I'm going to do that or I'm going to experience that or just give me a pause?
9: But sometimes, like, some of the things you say, it just makes you uh, laugh <laughs> a little bit. And uh, it, it, sometimes you have to realize you have to be serious.
4: Yeah. Very nice. Fair yeah. All right. Well, call, uh, we're uh, awaiting our second caller, 432 3893 Gabby, are you doing your job in there? <laughs> okay, she's
3: eating. She's a, she's a oh, dinner. she's eating. She's supposed to be manning she's the phone. The she's, yeah, just kind of, of okay. <laughs> we'll
4: give you a uh, complimentary year supply of condoms. Uh, anything else about that skit?
0: I just want to add one other quick thing. Yeah. I think in the nervousness around uh, initiating sex and having sex and putting on a condom, one of the things that, that people often try to do is um, put it on for the first time in the dark. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't see as well, and you fumble around, and people drop it, and then you pick it up, and then you don't know if it goes this Inside way or right, that yeah. way.
4: Oh, it's, it's so, so much fun putting it on the wrong way.
0: And, uh, and
4: uh, what if it's your <laughs> only
1: condom too? On sure.
0: And you can't roll it down, and then you you know people start freaking out, and of course you're not supposed to just turn exactly. it over and, yeah, and use it again. So I mean, it's I, I think it's way more complicated, and again, particularly when you're handicapped by. No lights and trying to do... You mean you're supposed
4: to have sex in the light? (laughs) That's what you're saying, Dr. Tim? maybe
0: preparation is in the light. I don't know. (laughs) Soft
3: candlelight.
5: Yeah, there
4: we go. (laughs) Soft candlelight.
3: I mean, do people know often that condoms do expire? I didn't know. You didn't I know that? I had no idea. Didn't know. Yeah, a lot of people
4: don't
5: know that the, the lubrication will dry up. You keep it, in, and I guess a lot of people don't realize that certain environments might actually make it dry up more, like mm-hmm. keeping it out of extreme hot weather and extreme cold weather. And they say not to put it in your wallet, and because what what happens when it's in your wallet? Well. There's no air
3: bubble. <laughs> you can't check to make sure that it's, like hasn't been opened, or there isn't a hole, or it hasn't been And damaged. you
5: sit on it long enough, and it gets flat. But I guess it is okay if you are going out one night, and that's the only space... <laughs> spot you need to put it in, it's okay to put it in for that night, as long as it's not long term.
4: So, yeah, as long as you're ready not to call the kid that you might produce wallet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we don't consider that because heat can destroy the consistency of latex. Correct. And that uh, expiration date, I used to always say that if you have a condom that says "good till October of 2013," I would not use it. Most condoms are are made four to five years in advance of the expiration date, and you have no. This is a medical device. This isn't actually a medical device. We make fun of it, but it's a medical device. And we have sent back we have sent back condoms to manufacturers that were shipped in trucks that weren't heated in the winter time because of a condom freezes. There's no way you want to use that. Uh, any t- the way they're handled, the way they're packaged, the way they are stored is extremely important. Latex is fairly fragile to the environment, and so you never want to have it in the cold. You don't want to put it in your wallet, especially if you're going to sit on it. You just don't want to do it. Most people never check the expiration date. Yeah, wait a minute, dear. I'm going to check the expiration date now. In
5: the
0: in that dark. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. And
4: one of, the, one of the ways that condoms fail most often and we've seen this in research, is how? How do you think they fail most often? Putting them on. I'm well, thinking, yeah.
8: <laughs>
4: think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. It's Tim alluded off? to it. Yeah. The way they open them up. Most people open them up with their teeth in a hurry oh, with the lights out, and they rip out. them. Oh, no. in the, with the lights out, with their teeth, and they don't know where the condom is in the package, and they put a hole in them. Mm-hmm. So, don't put them on with the lights off in a hurry with your teeth. <laughs> know know where the condom is in the package and carefully wisdom. open it. Back to D. <laughs> well, just I've seen too much of this, mm-hmm. and so so what's next,
5: Kev? What's next? Uh, we got our next skit, which is abstinence, I believe.
1: Yes, we have our skit on abstinence, which is not necessarily it. It's about deciding not to have sex and being able to support that decision and making sure that you're comfortable with it.
8: Hey, uh, do you want to come over tonight? I have a big screen TV in my room.
2: That sounds fun.
8: Oh, it will be.
2: I'm all about having fun, but I'm not gonna have sex with you tonight.
8: W- wait, why not?
2: Well, cause, uh, I... Have a case of the
1: Mondays? First of all, it's Tuesday.
2: It's a really severe case. Who
1: even says that? Okay, when you're taking a stance as serious and difficult to defend as abstinence, you should make sure you know your reasons and are comfortable enough with them to stand your ground. Mm. So the question is, are you ready for this? Uh,
2: yeah.
1: You can do so much better than that. Okay, let's try it
8: again.
2: Are you ready? Yes!
8: Then get in there! So, uh... Why not?
2: I don't know you that well.
8: Well, let's get to know each other more, in the biblical sense. Uh, Let's try that again, please.
2: Well, like my father always says, you have to get through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John before you can get to me.
8: (laughs) Uh, I'm not into
1: dudes. Not exactly what I meant. Let's take it back and pretend that didn't happen.
8: Uh, I think I'm falling in love with you.
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay! Now, I'm going to give you guys one more chance.
2: I don't feel comfortable having sex with you tonight. I like you a lot, and I think we could get to that point in the future. I'd like to get to know you better before we casually jump into this. I think sex is something that is really special between two people. I also think that building a relationship and getting to know you is something I'd miss out on if we jumped straight into sex, and I don't want that.
8: Well, I can definitely respect that.
1: How perfect. As we saw here, it's your decision. When it comes to abstinence, it's most important to be sure you know where you stand and are comfortable enough with your reasons. Whatever you choose is great, as long as it works for you. Remember, there is no right or wrong decision. Only what's right for you.
4: So. Nice done. We do. We do a quiet clap. Quiet clap. Uh, why would why would we want to do a skit on abstinence? Because nobody's abstinent <laughs> on this campus. Mr. Devil's advocate over there. Devil <laughs> <Several laughs> doesn't need an advocate. Why would we do one on abstinence?
6: because well, I think that it's a mis- it's a misconception that when you go to college, everyone here is just having sex, and that's just not true. Like certain people just cho- choose not to have sex right now, or just for the rest of their life. It's it's it's, it's a personal decision and that people need to respect that. It's not just something that everyone does.
8: Okay. Anyone else? Definitely have to agree. Um, even though in this one it made the dude out to be a hound dog, he's <laughs> not everyone on campus is going to be wanting to have sex or is like even ready for that, or there could be different situations where they could be in a relationship and suddenly goes south and they're not ready or they're scarred by something that happened in the past. You don't know that and this just Hound Dog were you born in the 90s? (laughs) Hound Dog that's that's from my generation 50s and
4: 60s Hound Dog I love that Uh, what's the rest of you what do you think about this what type of message does it send is it all right to uh, have a sexuality but not express it because that's really what abstinence is isn't it because everyone does have a sexuality you can't deny having a sexuality but expression of it is your choice is it Yes. Some yes. of you are shaking your head. Some of you are looking at each other like, well, what the county. hell is he talking about? So, <laughs> no. so what other message do you think it sends? Does, does it give you, you know, because what's the data, Kevin? 25% of MSU students, of students are choose, choose not, not to, to express sex. their sexuality and are what we call absent. I don't really like that word. It just kind of feels like it's absent. But <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, I have a choice. I'm not going to express it. I still have a sexuality.
0: What I like about this skit is that it doesn't say never, and it's not judgmental or negative about sexuality, but it has this relational component, which is I I, I like you a whole lot, and I want to do this in a way that helps to build connection first, and doesn't depend on the physical aspect to mm-hmm. do that. So, um, you know, certainly they could this couple or any couple could remain, um, you know, choose not to have sex. But I like the relational piece to it. It sounds. Like it sends a really positive message that, yeah, sometimes we should just hang out and know each other first.
4: So let me ask you the tough question. I do want to get the last skid in. Uh, I think we're good. What do you mean by not having sex? doesn't mean you can't fool around. but. It also depends well, what's on the around.
6: person.
4: <laughs> what do you think most people your age think sex is?
9: Just full-out
4: intercourse.
9: Full-out intercourse. She has hand motions going on.
4: Sunday, we can Sunday, racetrack, full-out sex. The full hookup, the, hook up, Ooh, the term hookup. No, right? no, don't even saying? get into that. So confused, get, that. What is phases. it?
10: I thought it was sex.
9: <laughs> My roommate said it was just making out. And,
4: yeah. So well, when, when you say I'm going to be abstinent tonight, does mean we don't touch each other, we don't kiss, we don't do other things, We, or we just can't go full-out.
3: I think the perception, you know, when you first hear the term "abstinence," it, it's like automatic. Oops, step back. You know, in my mind, that's no our, touching at no. all at first. But then, you know, once you have that conversation, like in the skit, it really makes it seem more as let's just hold off. You know, in the intercourse part. But I think
4: the loud, full blown.
3: <laughs> exactly the hand motion she's got going
4: <laughs> If you could see the Pull hand out. motion. Oh,
3: <laughs> well, we've got a lot of different yeah. Yeah. So, so,
4: so, so what do you th- what do you think uh, when you do that skit? The audience thinks. They're telling us it's all right not to have intercourse, it's all right not to have any kind of contact, any type what is it? It's
2: all right to make your choices and what you're comfortable in. Yeah, okay. you set your own standards, like how far you're willing to go. And that's what you think yeah. you wanna do in this situation and what just like personally, how how you feel about the situation, how how you feel it affects your morals or your beliefs or if your religion permits you to or not. It just depends on each person's individual. So you're
4: actually advocating that people talk about how they want to express themselves?
0: Strange, right? (laughs) Who would not? Oh my
4: gosh. Dr. Tim, what do you think?
0: Uh, I love that people have um, a range of ways that they can express themselves. I love supporting the idea of abstinence because I think people can really feel marginalized when that perception is out there that everyone is doing it, and somehow you're the you're the person, the only person on campus that isn't. So when, I love when that people message.
4: come to you. Do they have the? You, in your experience, have you seen that people have different definitions of what oh, abstinence is? Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: different definitions of everything. Uh, what? What does sex mean? What does abstinence mean? What does orgasm mean? What does infidelity mean? Uh, all those definitions are very individual, um, sometimes relationally based, but very individual. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of communication that needs to happen around uh, what does that mean to you.
4: Mm-hmm. It took us 45 minutes to get to orgasm this time. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you caught So you want to go to our last kit because I would like to. Yes, Josh, let us know our last
1: skit. Our last skit is called Getting Tested. It's about HIV testing, which can happen in the third floor of Olin, Mm -hmm. um, the health center. And this skit kind of takes away the, the nervousness and anxiety of getting tested and how important it is.
10: Hey, can you quiz me? What? Just symptoms, courses of action, anything. Whoa, whoa, slow down. You don't have to actually know all that stuff. What do you mean? Well, if you haven't been tested before, don't worry. It's actually really easy. You just have to fill out a couple of forms, and I swear they don't involve any intense quiz or flashcards. Well, what kinds of questions? Do you know any? Well, it's not really a bunch of questions. It's more a conversation. And every talk is different. So you can't just walk in assuming they're going to ask a set question. Every time I've gone in, it's been different, but tailored to my specific situation. For example, I'm usually asked how many partners I've had or- Four! Wait, no, five. Oh my gosh, five.
7: And I don't even know how many people they've been with. I mean, I try to be smart and talk to them, but when you're, you know, it's, it's not always the best time to bring up life-threatening illnesses.
10: Kind of ruins the mood, you know? Yeah. Well, it can ruin a mood, but if those words don't get said, there is definitely some risk. But honestly, you've already done the hardest part. You decided to get tested, to know your status. You made a conscious decision to do what's best for you and your partner. And now all you have to do is call and make an appointment with a certified HIV counselor. The test is free, no money needed. It's right at Olin Health Center on the third floor. You get your results in one week, and the counselors will walk you through every step of the way. Okay.
7: It's definitely not as bad as my orgo test. And you're sure I won't need these? 100%.
5: Nicely done.
7: Now, why is it that talking
3: about sexual history and testing is such an uncomfortable and awkward thing? Is (laughs) it?
4: Yes.
5: Or I guess
3: perceived as, yeah, what do you think?
4: Is it uncomfortable talking about your past? I'm not saying any of you have a past, but yeah. is it? Con- yeah. 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 Oh, it you do have a past? so it's uncomfortable. Uh, we're getting yeah. personal here. Okay. And why is it uncomfortable?
9: Because sometimes, like, if someone has, like, a lot more partners than the other person, you don't want to feel, like, you know, dirty or. You know, or on the opposite. Or you don't feel,
5: feel as, or. You, you don't it's feel nice. as maybe experienced as that person on the opposite spectrum, where where that person may have had more partners and and you could call them words in your head but then think to yourself well no it's just that I haven't had that many partners so you, i think it's it's do it's,
4: you care about your pa- the past of your partner mm. don't give me the patented answer <laughs> do you really care about the past of your partner does it make a difference to you and if it does make a difference why does it
2: not how many people that they've mm. been with but more if they were safe with those people because it affects our relationship,
4: mm-hmm. physically safe with them.
2: Yeah, like. What like about they, emotional? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I thought we were talking about sex here. <laughs> not the emotional you, part of it. But well, if, we, they, go ahead. <laughs> if they use protection, and if they don't, you know, if they ha- hadn't used protection when they had sex with their previous partners, they could have diseases that could affect me if they haven't been tested. I wouldn't know. I would have no idea if we hadn't had, you know, a conversation about it. So it's important to, you know, talk about it and care about what the person has done before. Not not particularly how many people they've been with, but what, what their status is now.
5: And I think the simple peeling back the layers, are they willing to talk to me about that? Are they willing to say that that's who they've been with? If not, then what else are they going to keep from me? And what else are they going to maybe bypass the answer to get to the real point at hand, which is having sex. When you want to have sex, you, I guess, want to know what they've done in the past and if they're willing to take, you know, their health into consideration with you and also your health in consideration, because they're not thinking about you, and they kind of just bypass that question and say, well, you know, I've been a couple people, they're not really thinking about you if you've stated the fact that, you know, you care about your own health by asking them, you know, have you been tested? and i think that's a big thing is it gets to the almost the emotional can you even connect to them on an emotional level if they're not going to be honest with you and and be upfront and talking with you about the physical
4: well and that's why i asked the question i think sometimes we you know we have this uh, list of uh, what we call mistakes people make when they get into relationships which will be our next show on relationships and one of them is rushing into it and not asking enough questions so uh, my, my my question to you was: Why do we ask about the past history of them being with other people, but we don't ask? You know, what else did you have you done in your life? What emotional uh, things have you done? What things have you? How many people have you talked to in your life? How many people have you enjoyed? But we just talk about sex. Why is it just sex?
0: I want to jump in here and, well, I like relational sex very much and, you know, want there to be emotional (laughs) safety and communication. I think there's another whole type of sex that we're not talking about, which is just, like, people that maybe you're having sex with that you're not planning on having a relationship with.
4: Mm -hmm. Are you talking casual sex, Dr. Tim? Ooh, another topic.
0: (laughs) It goes by a number of different names. But, um, you know, I'm not sure and maybe I you know this is off topic but that that you have to have this in-depth full disclosure of everything you've ever done and first there was this and that you know what i mean kind of like that original skit i've been with this person and this person and this one i did and this one i didn't just use a condom Mm -hmm. use a condom every time no questions asked doesn't matter if you've been with two or one or ten or fifty i use condoms bottom line that's it Mm -hmm. so i'm not discouraging talking about that but I don't also want to pretend that everyone out there is having sex is planning on having an intimate relationship with that person over time.
4: So what you're saying, which is what I was trying to get at,
0: oh.
4: is that it's not necessary. You don't have to have a full blown history on somebody in order to have sex with them. Oh, I did the. Ta- did I do the? You've a little bit better. Ten years. My God. Hi, Yes, so he keeps sitting the table if you hear a bump here is in what, is that it's alright to make a decision To have sex with somebody Where there's not a lot of involvement Other than protecting yourself Other than saying, you know what, it's alright Sometimes people just want to have sex to have sex It doesn't have to be a full-blown relationship That we decide we're going to get married And yada, yada, yada That's once again that permission that you give people That's expressing yourself is alright It's a natural thing and let's hope the people
5: that want to have sex just to have sex find the other people that want to have sex just to have sex. Because you might have a little disconnection there if one person's in it for the relationship and another person's just in it for the sex. You're really going
4: off top again, Kip. Yeah, no, I, I it was not. right no, on. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm fine. You're fine. But no, that's because I don't think we necessarily have to have you know a full history of everything that they've ever done just to say you know I like sex, you like sex. I remember from HIV counseling, I told Kevin this story many times, where at the end of HIV counseling, and you give the result to the person, and 99% of the time, it would be a negative test. Sometimes I would ask the people that were sitting in front of me, so, in a non-judgmental way, I'd say, so why, why do you choose to have sex? And it was really interesting, because a lot of the women would say, I don't know. I don't know why I'm having sex. I mean, I was always taught... And I was taught by one of the grandfathers, Bill Masters, that there's only two reasons for sex. One is procreation, the other is pleasure. And if you're not doing it for one of those two reasons, you really should kind of ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why have I chosen to have sex with somebody else? And, but so many times I'd ask college students at the end of it, you know, and, and Kevin can tell you, there's a real safety in HIV counseling that the person really kind of gets to know you and, and kind of trusts you. And when you open up to them and you provide a, a, a space for them to a, actually ask questions and ask questions of them, they really kind of get to the heart of it. So I'd ask them. And I can't tell you the number of times students would say to me, I'm not sure why I'm having sex. Or times when they'd say, just because he wants to. Or because she wants to. Very rarely, <laughs> somebody come and say, "Because it's fun, or it's pleasurable." Very rarely. I don't know how you would respond to that.
0: That's just sad. <laughs> that that isn't a more universal kind of uh, answer. That that people um, would have sex and not enjoy it, or not know why. Um, but do you think you sex? think there's
4: still a cultural uh, that that there's a perception out there? that uh, sex is for fun? That it should be for pleasurable or do you have to have a really intense long-term relationship before you can decide to have sex?
0: I think that that really varies. I think it varies across you know kind of your developmental lifespan, and there might be times in your life where you're more likely to have recreational sex so to speak and then there's times in long-term relationships where the goal Primarily is procreation, and you're very focused on uh, trying, to have, trying to have children. And that, unfortunately, can take the fun out of having sex when it becomes so goal focused, and that's all it's about. So um, I don't think it has to be one thing at, across the lifestyle, but I'm a big fan of it being fun, regardless of why you're doing that.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think you guys get that message across to your audiences? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
9: yeah.
5: I think you guys set a tone. That's for sure. As an audience member, as well as a past troop member, it's funny. It's just fun to watch you guys talk about sex because that's what I think a big part of it is—is is, is enjoying it and exploring it.
4: So I know we only have a couple minutes left. I would like to know. So, what's been your experience being with the troop? I mean, you kind of talked about it a little bit. So, what's been your experience? I have
3: a cold. You what? She's the hand motions one Do you want to talk?
9: <laughs> um, sure um, um, I've had a lot of fun with the truth um, I've learned a lot uh, It's something that I wasn't planning on doing I was kind of dragged along and But I'm really happy I ended up doing it
6: so. I think it's opened you up
9: Yeah, it bit. really yeah. has I think it
6: has others i just i like having people i can talk about sex with all the time (laughs) i'll be honest like i i I come from a very small town and like people just don't go out like yeah we're talking about sex today i'm glad i found these like the people in the troops like we can talk about sex i can text them i can like hit up on face we can just talk about sex it's normal oh you're
4: sexting right (laughs) sexting oh yeah sexting all the time
3: (laughs) now do you feel like you know because you can talk about sex in this friend group you've kind of brought that to your other friends as well
6: i have um i've used a lot of the like information i've learned from the troop to use uh with my friends like uh, for example one of my best friends used an oil-based lube and i'm like "Ooh, that's a no-no that's you shouldn't do that and like i wouldn't have never known that unless i joined this troop so it's it's very applicable now in my life
2: okay
9: so i
0: was hoping that maybe you would um talk for people that are listening and perhaps are, think that this is a fun group and something they would like to join can you talk a little bit about how do you get to be a part yeah. of the troupe and when? Are there tryouts
5: or? Um, auditions usually happen at the beginning of the year and they will be happening again once uh, the new semester spring comes along. Um, you guys are already booked for the rest of the semester which is kind of awesome. All of the dates are booked. which um, We actually have the two upcoming dates. Josh, when are? Yes, we have March
1: 19th in the Wonders Kiva at 7.30. At 7.30. And then March 26th in the Wilson Odd, also at 7.30.
5: And anyone can come. It's uh, in those specific locations because that's where they are booked. um, And you can book them through uh, the health education department in the third floor of Olin Health Center. But um, they are already booked, so they are locations if you want to find out where they are. Again, the next two are in... Um, March
1: 19th in the Wonders Kiva and March 26th in the Wilson Odd. And
4: they always perform at 7.30, so bring your friends. who should they contact if they're... People are interested for next year. You can
5: contact contact us at inyourfacetheater at gmail.com. Again, that's inyourfacetheater at gmail.com.
3: Okay. And as a quick wrap-up, do you just want to go over what what people should keep in mind when they're talking about sex?
5: Communication. Like, talk about it. Finding the right time, um, being honest with people. Ask those questions that you might be afraid to ask, and I think listen and respect each other.
4: And because we have one prize pack left, I think I think we should award it to Abby for being the the well, host, the first time host, first time host of first Sexposure. Time host of Sexposure. She did a fabulous you guys job. did a great job. Thank you, everyone. Hey. We well, quiet clap. <laughs> Gabby, you weren't too bad either, except when I you split fell asleep with her. The split there, there you go. <laughs> She's gonna split the condoms yeah, with it's you. All right. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for what you do. I still don't think you realize the kind of message you do send Mm -hmm. and it's very powerful
3: well thank you guys very much again to the troop as well as our panel panelists we really appreciate all your time and this is impact exposure or sexposure tonight thank you for tuning in Uh, have a great evening
1: broadcasting from the campus of michigan state university you've been listening to
0: impact exposure